0: Welcome everybody to the special episode of Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley presented by Edmonton International Raceway. This episode is all about the performance racing industries trade show, which happens in Indianapolis. It's been an annual event every year. And once again, this year it's being held in Indianapolis, Indiana. Once again, from December 7th until the 9th, big huge three-day event. While I was down in Indianapolis last year with Ron Thiering from Edmonton International Raceway, <clears throat> we met a gentleman by the name of Jay Mackey down there, and I have an exclusive interview with Jay Mackey coming up a little bit later on. But in the meantime, we got to get through this. The green flag is waving, turning laps, so Mr. Smiley starts right now. Welcome back, everyone, to this special episode of Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley, presented by Edmonton International Raceway and a new sponsor, the MyWear timing systems and lap timers. I also want to thank all of you fans for tuning in and continuing your support. Without you fans out there, I wouldn't be doing this podcast anymore. So without further ado, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Also, let everybody know I'm out there. You know, like the podcast, share the podcast with all your family and friends. The more people that jump on board to the podcast, you know, the more I'll keep on doing it. And you get to hear my voice and the wonderful guests that we have on. And tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen, is none other than Jay Mackey. Now, I'm going to get into a little our interview with Jay very, very, very shortly here. But moving right along. Yes, we are eight. Weeks away from the PR from the 2023 PRI trade show in Indianapolis, Indiana. The dates for that is December the 7th till December the 9th. Now, in order to attend this trade show, you need to actually become a member of PRI. I actually have my membership right here. You just need to go to Performance Racing Industries website. And you could go ahead there, and you could fill in your membership. Once you receive your membership, you're allowed entry to the PRI trade show. It's a humongous three-day event, and it is just—you gotta go. I, I, I experienced it for the first time last year, just totally flabbergasted. It just. You know, and Tony Stewart to see Tony Stewart and to walk around with with racers that you recognize from TV and like it's like ah it's just it's mind blowing it literally is but I'm not gonna talk all about that I just want everybody to to at least if you're in racing you gotta go down there you really have to go and check this out you're really missing an experience it really is an experience so. Enough of that. I'm going to introduce you to my guest today. I met Jay Mackey day one of the trade show, right after we had uh, the breakfast and everything. Uh, Tony Stewart was there. It was pretty cool. But I saw Jay's car, but it's a, it's a late model EV conversion first one out there after the trade show was over and done with I actually contacted Jay and he agreed to come on the podcast and talk about his electric race car conversion and how it all came about just got to let you know he's going to be back at the PRI trade show this year at the electric vehicle pavilion again however it's not in the same location as it was I'm going to explain at the end of this interview so with that being said ladies and gentlemen Leading the electric vehicle charge, this is Jay Mackey. Jay, pleasure to see you again, my friend. We met on the floor at PRI, and how was the show for you?
1: It was, it was interesting, an eye opener. Um, very fun. Uh, busy day, busy weekend. Uh, <laughs> my feet are probably still killing me <laughs> as we speak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um I got a re- first question off the top of my head is all those EV seminars that that were presented there uh you and I attended the the one with um uh the guys um far, uh was it farm truck and what was the other guy uh,
1: uh Med- Nedra um yeah that was Glenn. it
0: the, yeah I yeah when are we going to see you on that panel
1: I don't know I'll uh... I'm sure pretty soon. I mean, I, I know they 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 were asking us a bunch of questions, e- even in in the in the seminar. So um, mm-hmm. I think it was more more that seminar was geared for, for Nedra and in um, that that particular aspect. So, but I'm pretty sure that they'll they'll ask me soon.
0: Excellent, yeah, because it'd be really good to get you up there. I mean, you did pioneer this with your brother. Um, can you tell us how? The whole transition happened. Um, you were driving a gas late model, so what ca- what made you guys switch over?
1: Well, um, it was it was about two thirty in the morning, probably three thirty in the morning, and I got a phone call from my brother that he um, he watched a, uh, an episode of Top Gear and mm-hmm. they uh, they had a Ferrari three hundred eight that they converted to electric and it went faster than the stock 308 so he called me up about three in the morning and he's like hey if if they can do it why can't we and of course my my you know smart remark was like i don't own a ferrari you know no 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 he's like let's let's build it into let's build a late model if they can do it why can't we and that's pretty much where it started that's where the idea came from
0: so the idea came from the show from like Top Gear and your brother gave you that three o'clock in the morning phone call. What, what yeah. an awakening that was, right?
1: Yeah, it was. Um, I, I could have killed him, you know, so <laughs> I had to go work. So what are you calling me at three o'clock in the morning? So.
0: <laughs> so, and did you guys start construction immediately? Like you had a chassis ready to go or you just like, how did the whole transition start?
1: Well, it was that morning I, I kind of woke up and, um, I was eating breakfast and I was going through, um, the internet and seeing, you know, electric conversion kits. And, um, right off the bat, I I noticed they were quite expensive and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no way I can, I can afford something like this. So I, at the time it, my, my favorite site to go to is buying, you know, used parts and stuff like that it was eBay. So, mm-hmm. um, I popped on there and, uh, I saw that there was a particular motor that I was actually looking at, and uh, it was for sale for five hundred bucks. And I'm like, with the two fifty, I think it's two hundred fifty bucks um, shipping. And I looked, and it was like nine seconds left, and I just bought it right then and there. So that was that was the the real start. Um, I had a a super late model already built, ready to go. Right, and I'm like, well, I think we're gonna take this car and make it into an electric scene, when I just bought a motor. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: Man, so that, that was inexpensive. I mean, an electric motor for $750, I mean, that's yeah. that shipped to your, your place. Like, wow. Like, I've been pressing yeah, was, some of this stuff, and yeah. it's just out of lunch.
1: It was. It was very lucky. Um, you know, at the time, I believe that motor was $3,400 $3, new, You know, which is still not outrageous. It's just I got real lucky buying that particular one brand new for 750 bucks. So,
0: and that's one of the net gain transport motors, right?
1: Yeah. It was a transwarp 11. So it had a, has a, a T10 tail shaft already there. T10 mm-hmm. swine. So you can literally just back the motor up to your, your dry shaft and you'd be done with it.
0: Right on. So nice and simple, ready to rock and roll. That's nice and simple. Okay. And but, the battery, how did
1: you source the battery? Well, first, first one, I didn't know what we we're going to do for batteries or, or controller. So I, I hooked up with a, a gentleman named Paul from EPC corporation. Mm-hmm. And um he, he really wanted me to run um, s- certain batteries and I couldn't afford them. So he's like, listen, he goes, um you don't have to have, you know, this particular battery. You can do whatever you want as long as it gets what you're, what we, we need for, for, for specs. And, um, I actually come to find out that I found a uh, Ford C-Max was the next best, next one. Okay. And, um, so we were, we were harvesting a lot of, a lot of Ford C-Max, the, you know, and, um, from there built our own controller and had fun.
0: So you built your own controller. You didn't buy yeah. a controller off the shelf or anything. Well, they probably didn't have a controller back then for your application, Right.
1: They did but they're quite expensive um, theoretically we probably should have gone with a much expen- more expensive one but um, it was it was an eye-opener to learn how to how to build one ourselves and mm-hmm. I'm glad we actually built it ourselves because we learned a whole lot um, mm-hmm. I think a, a soliton one or something like that were like 10 grand you know for our application because you really you know, for for a small car or something like that, um, you know, you're not doing a lot of a lot of racing. You don't need a a great controller, but in in the racing applications, you kind of do. So, um, building our own controller was was the the best option.
0: Right. I I love the steering wheel design that you also created for your car. That was pretty cool, and the the way you can control everything on the on the wheel and it's just at your thumb control like. How was the transition driving the car from a gas over to the electric?
1: It was quite an experience. I think the first time we drove it up on on the racetrack, uh, we didn't even get to the flag stand. And I literally, I stepped on the throttle at at full power and it lit the wheels up, turned the car, and I almost nosed it into the wall, right in the front stretch wall. And I knew at that point, it was like, there's no way. I mean, I've driven late models and, and pro stocks and super late models. Um, I've driven for what, four cylinders and stuff like that. It, it, I knew right off the bat there was no way anybody is ever going to get full full power out of one of these.
0: How long have you been racing for? We didn't even touch on that.
1: <laughs> I started Asphalt in 2002 um, in the you know, four-cylinder classes, uh, mini stocks and stuff like that. And, uh, and I think in 2004. 04- or six I moved to late models straight to late models right um, from there on I've been running late models pro stocks outlaws you know um, full-blown outlaws were you know basically a Kalamazoo style car that wedge body big motors so
0: oh right on which one is your favorite to drive
1: I would have to say it's it's definitely an outlaw um, I had most most of my success in, in late models or or those in the v8 classes in the outlaws that's that's where I I did the best
0: how were you received at the racetrack when you first showed up with the electric car
1: uh, at first we were we were, people were stunned they didn't know what to think um, <laughs> I, when we, we first backed it out of the trailer my brother just kind of he was pushing me while I was driving it and everybody's like, "It only takes one person to push that car," and they're like, "Holy crap, that it can really roll on its own!" <laughs> and my brother just let it go, and I just drove off. And they're like, "Wait a minute, uh-huh. that's whoa. no, 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 no." So, um, people were like, pretty stunned. And then um, I, I would say it was probably a year or so afterwards. A lot of questions started happening, and you know, um, and then. You know, obviously the world in in the United States has really been changing when it comes to electric, Mm -hmm. and people started pushing back, saying, you know, it's not good for the sport, it's not good. Um, At first, it was like more like a a 90-10. 10% 10, 10 didn't like it, 90% did. Mm -hmm. But I think it's kind of gotten more towards more like somewhere around the 60-40. But um, I think once they see it and they actually understand what's going on that we're not trying to like take over the racing community with it. I think, I think, I think the, um, racing community be okay with it.
0: Perfect. You just answered my next question. So I'm not even (laughs) going to bother asking that one. What about your competitors? What else have they, like, have they treated you different? Like how long have you been running this electric late model competitively?
1: Well, we, when we, we first built it. It was about a little, almost five years ago now. Um, it's coming up to five years, and um, at first, our competitors were happy. Um, we only got to race it once. Um, obviously, you know our NASCAR sanction track. NASCAR wouldn't allow us to run it after the the couple of times that we did run it. They kind of put a, a stop to us, saying that there's not enough. Um, it, there's no no insurance. Uh, I had to get. You know personnel trained for it which i understood you know Mm -hmm. we knew there was going to be some type of of um some type of, of backlash when it comes to that um so when when we first unveiled it most of our competitors were happy um i'd say probably two or three of them weren't um but i think I think once we get to really race it and show them that it's not going to beat them every week, it's not, Mm -hmm. it's, we're trying to build it. So it's more competitive. You know, we don't want to be overpowering, but we don't want to be underpowering either. I think they'd be just fine with it.
0: And each track you have to, you're obviously fine tuning your, your power, right? Like your power output and everything.
1: Yeah. Each track is unique. Um, We found that gearing is a big, big part in electric. I mean, it's, oh, it's, it's your biggest tuning aid. You can make a car, you know, go literally a second slower or a second faster with the smallest gear change. So, um, but obviously if you, the faster you make it, the faster the battery drains. So you can't, mm-hmm. it, it's a fine balance between, you know, going fast and finishing the race, you know. So um, gearing is, is, is a, big, big part in our, in our, in our sport anyways.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, which brings me to another question, the out, like the battery, it lasts your entire night or do you have to recharge? Like after you qualify and practice, like do you top up that battery or you just arrive to the track? She's all charged, ready to go. And you're good till the end of the night.
1: We can do about 117 laps on a full charge, you know, um, and that battery is that, that charge is the, well, the, the, the car will be the state display, the same speed from whether it's full charge or mm-hmm. just before it's dead. So there is no drop off. Um, so we get about 117 laps on a normal weekend, you know, we might do a 40 lap feature, you know, a couple heat races and stuff like that. I don't even have to do nothing to it. Um but if we we're gonna do a hundred lapper definitely gonna, gotta charge it in between.
0: Cool, cool. Uh 240 to charge?
1: Yeah, you have to plug it into two forty and it'll spit out, I believe, four eighty. Okay. Um so and then the the charger that I built myself um it has a a limiter, once it gets to a certain voltage that I designed the charger to, it'll shut it off. But it'll charge it to 480. It'll push 480 into it, but doesn't mean that the battery is going to get to 480. It just means that um, once the battery, the designed battery, gets to a certain voltage in that charger sees it, it'll shut it off. So that's, what, that's how fast okay. chargers kind of work.
0: Wow! That oh, that's cool. That's cool. And you designed the charger. You designed your own controller. So pretty much, you and your brother just did this all. Or like, how much of a hand is he did he have in this?
1: Um, when it comes to the electrical part, he has kind of no 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 part into it. Um, he's more the 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 helping hand, keeping keeping the car, getting the car built, um, getting certain things. He'll, he'll put good ideas in my head. Um, you know, I might get stuck and be like, you know, uh, I'll try to figure out something and I'll call him. And, you know, even if he's wrong, it still puts in a better idea in my head. Uh, he did a lot of, a lot of help in building the car, you know, put, you know, putting the motor in and designing where the batteries are going to go and how, how cabling should go and, mm. you know, uh, setup of the car and stuff like that. So, um, building the bodies and, you know, the basics of the car. He, he was, he was all there. Cool.
0: So what was your biggest takeaway from
1: PRI this year? <laughs> I would say that, um, a lot of people, a lot of people are worried about losing out on their own car, the gas car and having to spend a ton of money to build, you know, one of these And I keep telling them that um, they don't have to be afraid of it. Um, So just embrace it a little bit. You know, you might be surprised, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, we took, we, we, we learned a lot. Um, It was just so much to be honest with you. I just, uh, right off the top of my head, it just, there's just so much that we, 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 we learned from the show and, you know, friends and sponsors that we've gained from it and knowledge that we gained from it. It's just, it was an overwhelming show and it was definitely an eye opener.
0: Have you had difficulty getting sponsors because of the electric car or are they just like, they're like more uh, accepting of it?
1: I'll be honest with you. I really haven't pushed for sponsors. Um, They are willing to help just, at the moment, they'll tell you they'll help. But in in the long reality, just like any other type, you know, um, for them to step up and actually do it is a different story. Um, definitely always looking for sponsorships and help building. I'd like to build another car and, and build it better. Um, mm-hmm. Want to build a series. You know, I don't... I'd like to race with gas, but I'd also like to have my own series, you know, mm-hmm. um, where it's electric late-model series. Um... I, it just, yeah, it's tough. Tough it trying is. to find sponsors. It really is, especially in this world. It's, it's not, it's not as easy as it used to be. Let's just put it that way.
0: <laughs> no, it definitely is not as easy as it used to be. Um, are you also considering doing EV conversions for a living later on down the road?
1: If if the opportunity presents itself, yes, I would like to do it. You know, I like to be a consultant. Um, you know, where tracks or other car owners will come to me and you know get the insight of what what needs to be done because it it is a totally different um, animal. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all accustomed to that 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 V8 and um, knowing what we have to do. And you got to basically do the same thing just a little bit differently. And um, once you do it correctly, you never have to touch that vehicle ever again. Maintenance on this car is virtually nothing. I I never work on it when it comes to any maintenance-wise. You know, setup, yes, but um, motor or, or battery, I just literally plug it in and walk away. You know, so... Um, where you know on the V8s, you're constantly working on them, you know, setting the valves, doing the oil changes, changing spark plugs, making sure your floats are okay, making sure your 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 fuel filters nice and clean every single week. You know that stuff is just absolutely gone. You're never touching it again. You know, checking checking any fluids. There's there's no fluids in the vehicle, so I don't have to do any of that.
0: No, that's awesome that's awesome yeah. what about what about the cooling system i mean these batteries and don't these motors run really hot also
1: well that was one of the questions that some of my some of the people that have asked and um one of the one of the ways that we i i have is i have my own digital screen touchscreen uh, um, display in the car that monitors battery temperature, um, controller temperature. Um, it has, has a small radiator. It has a, um, a radiator out of a, a, a computer, you know, a gaming computer. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need much cooling in it. So I do have that aspect, but another way of checking it is just literally right after a heat race or a practice or whatever, you can go over and actually just put your hand on it and if your hand can touch it, and it's and you can hold your hand onto it, it's not overheating. So you're you're good to go. So when we first did that, um, we noticed that every single thing that we touch is barely over ambient temperature, and we're like, wow, this is pretty cool. And so what we came to the conclusion is is because we we're running, you know, asphalt and oval track, we're always at a higher RPM, so we're not pulling the load that that say if we were doing drag racing or something like that, where, mm. you know, you're, you're launching all the time or you're doing a hard launch. So you're not pulling the amperage and amperage is what causes the heat. So realistically, we really don't even need all that, that cooling. It's just, it's just not needed. Well, I just
0: got as educated right on that
1: <laughs> as of right now. Yeah. As yeah. Right yes. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things that, um, the, you know, we, we learned that, you know, amperage is, is an enemy, you know, it creates a lot of heat. Um, so your voltage is your friend, amperage is your enemy, you know? <laughs> and so every time you load up the car, you know, um, you'll start creating more amperage, more amperage draw from the battery. Batteries mm-hmm. will start getting hot. Cables will start getting hot. Motor will start getting hot, but if you're not pulling a, a huge load, then this stuff doesn't get hot at all. Interesting. Interesting. Here's another question for you.
0: Did it ever cross your mind to use AC versus DC? Or was that even a discussion between you guys? Or what happened there?
1: Um, It was, but I kind of did that impulse buy. First thing in the morning, you know, <laughs> and I bought a DC motor, so we're at that point where we're, we're stuck with DC. You had that. DC. You had
0: no choice then. At
1: that yeah, point. at that point, I had no choice. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but your impulse buy paid off. I mean, it's a good, great motor for the price. That is yeah, that is for sure. And five years going strong. What's the biggest track that you raced at? I mean, like lengthwise and the longest race
1: in that quarter mile. My- quarter mile um and like i said we we didn't get to do a lot of racing because nascar kind of told us no um no insurance is the biggest reason um that we weren't allowed to run um i could run if i got my own insurance but it was just too much money to do that um but we did run we did run a couple couple 40 lap races uh on a quarter mile that's what that's what we're basically running
0: you planning on taking that car in a nice little whirlwind tour?
1: Who'd like to? Um, <laughs> we had a, a few offers. Uh, I think Charlotte Motor Speedway asked us to bring the car down. Uh, we're going to be doing another car show in uh, January 20th in Pennsylvania. Uh, nice. They asked us to bring the vehicle down. Um, quite a few tracks have asked us to bring bring the car um we'll be willing to do that i'd love to bring the card to other tracks you know any track that will will accept us and you know allow us to run we'll we'd like to bring if if the opportunity presents itself
0: well i could talk to a certain person on this end and see about bringing you up on this way if you want to come up to canada we'd be more than happy to have you that is for sure you're like i put in there here you're leading the ev late model charge and you really are you know, so I, I think we can wel- welcome you up here. No problem. No questions asked.
1: Uh, I take you up on that offer, too.
0: But I got to warn you, we got a lot of naysayers up here. I've already got into a little bit of a, a Facebook sparring match with one of our former racers who he moved on to a different series and to a different track. But he's actually going to be back out at our racetrack this season because his son is now racing in our mini cup division. Okay. So he, he was one of the biggest naysayers, and he sent me a message um, saying that he wouldn't come to a race uh, because it's an electric vehicle. What's the point? You're not getting the smell of the gas. You're not hearing the engines. And it's like, dude, it's racing. Like, like, come on. Mm-hmm. you know. So we got into it, and I even told him, I said, look, Borla exhaust makes a software emulator. Um, I'm not sure if you saw that when you were yes, at a PRI I or not.
1: Were you going to throw one of those in your car? No. No? no. <laughs> I, I, I'm dead set against it. I mean, I, I to me – to me, the, the the sound of the car is not what makes me want to go racing. The smell of the car is not what makes me want to go racing. What makes me want to go racing is actually beating the next guy in front of me. You know, trying my best to work as hard as I can to catch him, trying my best and the hardest I can to try to pass him, and actually being able to do that—that's what makes me want to race. Um, it, to me, the sound never, never, never really, really made me feel like you know, that was racing. Um, it might be a little bit a part of it, you know, you might get that little bit of rush, but av- to me, as, as I'm like really, really hardcore racing and, and getting into that, that zone when I'm racing in my m- mind, I kind of muted the race car itself. It, it's just not there. Um, smells are not there, you know? So to me, Noise don't really care, so I'm not going to put it in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's the other thing, too, with the electric vehicles. A lot of racetracks are facing opposition from municipalities, local governments, because of the noise. And with electric vehicles and electric racing, that's not going to be an issue. We can bypass those noise bylaws and we could take this sport to a new level by bringing them indoors.
1: Exactly. You
0: know, I like to go and see an indoor midget race with all electric cars.
1: That actually might actually be coming to you pretty soon. So that's, that's one of the things that me and my brothers actually, um, possibly working on a deal with um building an indoor midget tq midget type car and oh um, that you know, would all be it. cool yeah um i don't know i don't know how how it would go i mean i'd love to build one and you know go run it and but um i gotta to talk to some of the, the the sanctioning bodies of that 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 industry so mm-hmm. to see if they will be even willing to you know you know, entertain the idea of, 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 us doing that, you know, and if they are, I'd be willing to build one.
0: Oh, right on, man. That would be awesome to see. That would be really, really cool to see. Um, so are you going to take your car down to Charlotte? And if you are, are they going to let you like run full speed laps around the speedway? And
1: I, I didn't, I don't know about that. Um, I definitely <laughs> know that they came to us and asked us if we can bring the car to the, to their show for the, for the cup race, I don't know if um, they just want it displayed or whatnot. I have no idea. Um, I'm sure when we get to that point and we get to talking, you know, they'll they'll tell me what their idea is.
0: Yeah. I mean, even if it is on display for a cup race, the, the eyes that are going to be put on that vehicle and, and on you and your brother and what you guys have done it's just it's really going to take off from that point forward and you know getting that electric blade model division or series started that may happen quicker than you might think
1: yeah i i really believe that you know in order to get the world involved into it it needs to start at the local level i don't think um at the higher level it's it it's the the best way to start it Um, I think if you start at the local level, um, I know a particular track that, uh, you know, we have around here. It's called Waterford Speedway. Mm -hmm. They're building a a track indoor uh, in in the middle of their track, a little go-kart track. And they're going to run USAC quarter midgets, but they're going to be all electric. So, So what his idea is, is to start them when they're young. And as they move up, he'll make each class electric. Or you know have the option to make it mm-hmm. electric, so they can get used to it. You know, um, so it, it is happening. You know, and I think that's the biggest thing is is like you were talking about is the the noise ordinance and stuff like that. Um, I know my local track is 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 battling it bad. You know, um, and with with my car, I can I can drive it seven days a week if I want to. You know. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm not that that car is not limited to a, a five or six hours per week. You know that I can run 24 hours, seven days a week if I want to.
0: Yeah, you're so, not going to disturb anybody. You,
1: know, you might hear the wheels squeal, but that's about it.
0: <laughs> as long as the tires are squealing, you know, you've got the grip of the turns, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. So, and dude, I, I got to say thank you for your time. It was awesome. Awesome to meet you down at PRI, meet your brother, meet your wife. Everything was, you know, cool. I, I'm glad you guys had a good show down at PRI. And you, when we met and we we're talking down there, you were saying that this was, what, your second time being in that electric vehicle pavilion? Or were you there just as a spectator last time?
1: I've never been there with that car. Last year I was, I was invited to PRI and um... – and I caught COVID pretty bad, and I almost oh. died. Yeah, I almost oh. died. So, um, I w- when I got out of the hospital, I was on oxygen, you know, still quite heavily on oxygen. And we're like, I'm like, I'm still going. We're still going to do, do it, and we're still going to do it. And as I was at home, I just kind of steadily got a little bit worse, a little bit worse. And I'm like, you know what? Three days before we were supposed to actually leave, I'm like, nah, when I'm not going to do it. So. Um, other than that, you know, I'm I'm usually a, just a spectator at at PRI. Um, that was pretty much our first first show, good showing of the car. And we've done small car shows, but that's our biggest car show that we've done. So,
0: I would say, I mean, your your car, at least in my in my opinion, you had the best looking vehicle out there, and you garnered a lot of attention. People were just coming to you consistently, consistently. and looking at the yeah. car. Um, more so because I went by that pavilion several times and just peeked my head in, and you guys were always talking to people. Like I could not believe it. So that's why I didn't bother to come back and see. I was like, he's having too much fun. He's just this is your show, man. So it was like, have have at her, man.
1: That's a, that's that's what um, some of the other the other uh, showcasers said the same thing. There they came to you know sign autographs and. You know get hand out you know their hero cards, and they're like, you know nobody's coming to see our car they're they're only on yours um this show is yours he goes, you have the best the best of the show you know you you're nailing it and you're you're killing it, so mm-hmm. have at it, have fun so a lot of them just decided you know we're just gonna go walk around and you know, go drinking later on, and that's what they did. And we were stuck with a lot of people, and I, I, I don't think there was a a second went by in that whole entire show that we we were able to sit down and just relax. No, and it was crazy. It really I, was. I,
0: yeah, I, I know from my point of view, it was crazy. I can just imagine your point of view. I mean,
1: it's some of the biggest names in racing, you know, came just to see that car and. You know, and and you know, hear our story and and see what what it was all about. I mean, it was it was crazy. You know, I was tired. <laughs> I, bet, I bet every one of us. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. No, definitely talk of the show and best of show. Totally agree with that a hundred million percent. I was not expecting to see that the first electric lake model. Uh, stock car there, and when I walked into the pavilion, my jaw hit the floor. Out came the camera, and I sent pictures to a few colleagues out at the racetrack. And one of the guys commented right away, like, "OMG, an electric weight model <laughs> conversion, right on!" Yeah. So people are stoked. They did they they're not afraid of the. Some people they want this technology to happen. So let's see where it's gonna happen i could see in the very future same thing as you electric late model race car series um maybe a sanctioning body to like nationwide uh cross border let's make it north american wide that would be great let's mm-hmm. cross all the
1: borders yep i i, I- that, that's one of the things that we were me and my brother were talking about you know when we first built it we built it as a super late model and you know like we're like you know we kind of screwed up on that end we shouldn't have built it as a super late model we should have built it as like a, a regular late model an ACT style act act car mm-hmm. and um so i think in the next few months that we're probably going to take this car and we're going to convert it back to an ACT ACT style car, so where we can run everywhere, including across across the borders. You know, that's that's the idea. We'd love to see a, a series where it's it's just like the ACT. We can go anywhere we want.
0: Yeah, the the more um, tracks you bring that car to, and even just to run a few laps just against uh, some of the gas cars, that's going to draw the attention, and that's going to make a de- make demand in racing for these EV conversions. So we're going to open up a whole new generation of fans and everything. And you spoke earlier about starting at the local level, starting them off young with, with building the, the, the go-kart track inside the local racetrack. Um, Danny White, did you happen to catch his seminar at PRI? He was the university um, professor from the University
1: of Purdue. I did not. know I didn't get to go on any other uh, seminar except for that one. <laughs> and we were we were pretty busy, you know. Yeah. We wanted to. Um, I sent my wife to a couple of them, you know, because um, we just we didn't have the time. To re- right.
0: right, Um, Danny, um, you may want to look him up. Uh, he was retiring from the University of Purdue, but he's still going to remain as, as a consultant in their motorsports education division, and he he'd be a perfect one for you to talk to um to help get get the youth involved and stuff like that cuz right now they're focusing on carts, but if we could get them also into the the midgets and the and the and you know up the, up the line to the legends and to the late models you know so uh, look him up yeah, i'm not sure if he's still around um but i'm sure you can still get in contact with him
1: yeah we do um i i i will uh, go out and reach out to him. and that was a good point uh, that you're saying legends themselves now that you say that um we were approached by our sponsor of Hudson Speedway and um he wants us to build him an electric legend dwarf car you know uh-huh. so where he gave us a dwarf car and he says uh, you know make it electric and I think that's what we're gonna be doing very soon so
0: oh that would be really cool too yeah. those cars are it's, so light and everything
1: yeah he he has his own um uh dwarf car series and uh so he's like you know I have this one over here in the corner here I don't know what I'm gonna do with it and I'm like he goes let's let's make it electric and I'm like absolutely so <laughs>
0: You were just chomping at the bit on that one, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can see you're all excited about that. Let's get that thing up and running. Is that one going to be ready for this upcoming race season for you guys?
1: I think we can get it done. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty small vehicle, and I think I could throw that in the back of my truck and probably have that done in a weekend, to be honest with you. Oh, I, really think, I really think I can.
0: Right on. Right on. Well, Thanks a lot, Jay. I do appreciate your time. I appreciate everything you've done in bringing the electric late model to the forefront. And best of show. Again, totally deserved it. Totally Thank deserved you. it. Um, Thank you. Not a problem, my friend. All righty, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you once again to my guest, Jay Mackey. That was Jay, and what a fantastic story. Even the unfortunate incident that he had with the the all-nasty COVID, but it's good to see that he was back and healthy and everything else. Um, This year, the EV Pavilion is actually going to be held in the Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, The Lucas Oil Stadium is where the Indianapolis Colts NFL football team play play their football games. So that's how much the EV Pavilion has grown in the few short years. That's how big the EV Pavilion has been getting. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I have to mention this again. This is the Black Flag Disclaimer. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are mine and the guests appearing on Turning Laughs at Mr. Smiley and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Eppington International Raceway, EIR, EIR sponsors, or racers, MyWear, NASCAR, NASCAR Pinty Series, and their affiliated sponsors, or even for that matter, PRI, Performance Racing Industry. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes and entertainment only. Turning laughs with Mr. Smiley name and all forms and abbreviations are property of its owner, and that's me, and its use does not imply endorsement of or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service. This is the checkered flag. Once again, thank you to my guest, Jay Mackey. He, he is leading the EV charge down there south of the border. And, of course, a huge thank you to all you listeners and fans out there. And don't forget to like and share the podcast. Stay tuned for the next Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley presented by Edmonton International Raceway and my wear timing systems lap timers with hundreds of facilities and racers in Europe already using the MyWare timing systems, lap timers, and transponders. This revolution in racing timing systems will soon be available to the North American motorsports industry. Save your money with no annual subscription so you can focus on what matters most. Racing. Stop by our booth at the PRI Trade Show this December from the 7th to the 9th. In Indianapolis, Indiana. If you want any information on the MyWare timing systems, contact tracksidebiz@gmail.com at gmail.com for more information. Until next time, keep smiling, everybody.